Welcome back to the KPO Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. This week on the podcast, I have award-winning screenwriter for film and television, Sidney Carter. He is a former writer slash director with Comedy Central, MTV, and AMC. He's also the contributing writer for Saturday Night Live, Billy on the Street, and McSweeney's. He's here to share his debut novel, Best Men. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So the first thing I always ask the authors is just give us the elevator speech of the book without spoilers. Yeah. Um, so Best Men is a romantic comedy. It's about a gay guy named Max Moody, who's about to turn 35. He lives in New York and he's sort of a hopeless romantic, but doesn't really want to admit it to himself. He's the kind of guy who sort of covets that little paragraph in the New York Times wedding section announcing his wedding. <laughs> and he is sort of thrown for a loop when his best friend tells him that she's getting married before he is and wants him to be the man of honor in her wedding party. So he kind of quietly spins out of control and eventually meets the best man of the groom, whose name is Chasen. And Max and Chasen are kind of complete polar opposites where Max is introverted, he's Midwestern, he doesn't like to go out much. Um, Chasen is very East Coast, born and bred, very social, outgoing, kind of the life of the party. And so they kind of can't stand each other at first and they learn to tolerate each other for the sake of their friend's wedding. And then it's sort of a will they or won't they romance uh, blooming from there. So what inspired the story? So the inspiration came from an actual best friend of mine who acts, acts, asked me to be uh, the man of honor in her wedding party. And she was super excited and I was excited. And of course I said yes. And then her wedding planner was not having it. And she decided that she didn't want to have like one man in the all female wedding party. Mm -hmm. And which was really weird, but it, was a thing and I was demoted to becoming an usher and I to this day I have no idea what I even did but um <laughs> I wasn't able to participate in the wedding party but I had all kind of along the years had thought that that was a great idea for a story and I was like what would that character look like who was the best friend and and what would he be like and what would the best friend be like and kind of had like a wish fulfillment sort of story that I was never able to have for myself. Well, I really love the book. I just loved reading it. And I really loved Max. I mean, he has the most distinctive voice. How did you go about creating Max? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, it's it sort of, I also kind of through the years had this idea, a germ of an idea of like the best gay, the gay best friend character. And typically, you know, we've seen gay best friends who have been, the wacky neighbor or the funny comic relief sidekick. And so I wanted to have Max be initially the sort of gay best friend that maybe in their childhood, you know, sort of a novelty at first. And now that they're in their adults, he kind of becomes, you know, instead of the sidekick, I wanted to have his character transform into the main character and of the story and in his life. Um, so really taking that gay best friend trope and spinning it on its head. And I also, you know, like historically gay characters have not, we haven't seen enough representation of them and we've only seen sort of 
certain styles and maybe but I wanted to kind of like see a character that I hadn't necessarily read or, um, you know, kind of going against the grain of what you think a gay character is. So he doesn't necessarily fit the mold of, of one type. And, you know, there are 50 shades of gay. So I kind of wanted to have him be his own unique character. And it was fun getting inside of his head because he thankfully is not like me. And every time he would make a bad decision, I was like, yes, that's not what I would do. <laughs> so he kind of took on took on his own life and it was fun to really kind of explore where he was going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just, yeah, I had a lot of fun reading him. And then also the other characters like Paige and um, Chasen, they were both amazing too. So how did you go about, or tell us more about those two. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I think like any writer, I kind of put myself into all the characters in some way. And, you know, it's funny when you write a book and your friends are like, oh, this is me. Right. Or like, this is that person. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it becomes an amalgamation of like myself and people I'm friends with or people I've heard about and things I imagine. So the characters of the best friend Paige and the love interest Chasen, they kind of have quality traits that are like me, but also sort of a patchwork of other people that I know and have met or imagined. And so it was fun to kind of write their stories to you because again, it's like, uh, you know, you're, I was sort of writing a wish fulfillment as sort of like Paige as a Broadway music writer who gets mm -hmm. this great deal. And Chasen has sort of like semi-privileged upbringing in the East Coast, going to the Hamptons all the time. So a lot of it is sort of like the dreamy, you know, fantasy life of what hopefully a reader would want. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask you this because I asked everybody in the library and I said, have you heard of um, drag karaoke bingo barbecue? So is that real? And if it is, I need more details because I'm trying oh. to understand how it would all work. Like, is there bingo and then a round of karaoke and then a, a drag show or how does that work? <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, I don't know if it exists literally. I okay. have definitely experienced the the drag portion, the karaoke portion, the bingo portion, and the barbecue. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to have the most absurd night they could possibly have. I mean, I hope it actually exists. That would be very cool. Um, but it sort of had that defining moment of the characters where it's like this maximalist idea of, of going out into a, a gay bar and what that night would look like, which is a complete nightmare for Max because he doesn't like crowds and doesn't want to be around people. And so you, it kind of defines who his character is and sort of sets the tone going forward. And then for mm -hmm. Chasen, he gets into the drag, barbecue, bingo, karaoke. And it, he's completely in his element. He's like the mayor of this uh, night and he knows all the people and everyone knows him. And so it really... And, and then Paige is kind of going along with it and sort of torn between these two characters at that night. So it was a fun night too. And again, I was I was also writing this during the pandemic. So I was like, what would be the most fun mm -hmm. night that, you know, we're in lockdown. I want to kind of go out. What would be the most fun night that they could possibly have or not if you're Max? Well, I hope they, you know, if it doesn't exist, yeah, I really do hope someone starts this now because I would be there. <laughs> I hope someone listens and yeah, yes, we'll, we'll get a little credit. So now Max uh, discovers his love of plants throughout the book. So are you a plant person? I'm not a plant person. I 
grew up, my mom was a plant person growing up. We had a ton of plants and she was a gardening person. And um, I, I appreciate uh, plants and flowers and things like that. But I wanted to have, that was another thing about the Max characters that I am different from and just weirdly, I always knew I wanted to be a writer and I, I wanted to write a character who didn't know what he wanted to do and wants to do. And, and he was sort of like a struggling creative and couldn't necessarily find his outlet. And I hadn't necessarily read or seen a character who develops a devotion to plants and it's become like plantstagram is a big thing and i wanted to sort of explore what you know have that character explore the tip of the iceberg of how his character arc could eventually go so i thought again it was another wish fulfillment of um you know what if i became a plant person how would that he kind of gets immersed into the and then again i wanted to have just sort of what his eventual creative uh you know job becomes i wanted to have it tied into his current job so without giving anything away his love of plants is sort of tied into his job that he doesn't really like in the beginning of the story mm -hmm. so it kind of grows pardon the pun organically from there yeah i mean i almost see this as a coming of age story for max so he sort of he discovers himself and learns more about himself uh, you know as the story progresses yeah, and I, I wanted to write a story, of sort of a coming of age for adults. And mm -hmm. you're thir I feel like when I turn 30 and when people turn in, turn 30s, like you, it's a very pivotal moment where it's sort of like, you're not a kid anymore. You're really kind of starting to be an adult and shedding those old friendships or transforming them into something different. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to have that. And again, uh, you know, for myself, like I kind of became an adult living in New York and I wanted Max to have all those firsts that you experience in New York with love and life and work and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, there are so many great lines in this book. I was laughing out loud uh, throughout the book, but one of oh, my cool. favorites is I look and feel like a 60 year old unmade bed walking uphill underwater. I know exactly <laughs> how that is. <laughs> so, could you tell us more about your creative process? How do you just, how's your writing process? The process is hard to pin down. I, you know, I'd be, I'm not a very big fan of outlining, but I've become an outliner just because when you're working with agents and publishers and <laughs> um, you kind of have to show and prove what you're doing. And so I force myself to become an outliner and I, I kind of always give like a fake outline i'm like yeah this is totally what's gonna happen and <laughs> yeah, hopefully it works and and hopefully when i get into the writing of it i i have those sort of goal posts of the structure of the points i need to get the characters to go and grow and and actually and that line is a perfect example of like why i hate outlining or i don't hate it it's just not it's sort of torturous but mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't necessarily come up with a line like that in an outline unless you're trying to prove something. <laughs> so it's that's the kind of thing that happens organically in the writing of it. And I don't know where it comes from. I, I guess I don't love the idea of trying to figure that. But it is sort of like the idea of like you collect things. A lot of writers have great memories and they collect things mm -hmm. over the years and it's sort of like 
this term, you put with this term and this word with that word, or this idea, and you, hopefully the synapses are combining and connecting that you can try to come up with a line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So another one of my favorites was, it's tough being a bathroom these days, which I thought was like just the funniest, greatest line. And it totally like, it makes sense. Like it totally just uh, like, oh yeah, it is tough being a bathroom these days. <laughs> yeah, imagine you're a bathroom. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> now, do you read romance novels or have a favorite romance writer that you uh, like to read? You know, I started not that long ago reading rom like romantic comedy novels, like the last three to five years. I, I've, I grew up loving romantic comedy movies and Nora Ephron and Nancy Myers are like in my DNA and I kind of unleashed that part of me, which I love. And, it, you know, I, I recently watched um, You've Got Mail and it takes you through the, you know how it's going to end. And I've seen it before and I know how it's going to end, but it, I was crying and laughing throughout the whole thing. And you're like, oh, I hope they get together. And so I think like the best sort of romantic comedies really make you yearn for these two to have a happy ending and throws, mm -hmm. you know, they throw up all the obstacles. So I, it's hard. Like I, the past few years, I think it's become sort of a, more of an explosion of romantic comedies. And I love Emily Henry's writing. I think mm -hmm. she's sort of like a new, fresh take on Nora Ephron and Jasmine Guillory I've read, who I like a lot. And it's interesting to see it being done so well right now. There mm -hmm. again, it's there's just so many, and now there's a lot more voices being represented. And I, it was, you know, right before the pandemic, I, as a screenwriter, I was getting books rom-com books to adapt and that was when i was like oh my god this you can actually do this and people love it and you know having an lgbtq spin on something and that's when i was kind of like oh i love rom-coms let me try to give this a try and so it's kind of really joyful and refreshing to see so many different voices in a genre yeah yeah and yeah it's nice to see and there's more diversity and so yeah it has been uh I mean, as a librarian and someone who loves books, yeah, it's been great to have more and more stories. Yeah. Now, what do you find? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say within the genre, it's like splintering off into so many different, you know, fantasy, sci-fi, and it's it's a nice renaissance we're having right now. Yeah, yeah. And even some of the retellings, like there's been several retellings of Pride and Prejudice, for example, and it's done in different like locations, different races. And so that's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's more, is there is there a big difference between, say, screenwriting and, and switching over to novel writing? Did you find that a challenge or or is it pretty much the same process for you? Uh, it's definitely different brain muscles you're using. Mm -hmm. I've found screenwriting can be very economical and you know you have to kind of choose each word and sentence just right and have it all kind of connect and it's it's almost cold unless you have like a voiceover it's sort of cold because it's the omniscient um, narrator and so when I started writing the novel I felt super liberated and my hands were typing without even thinking and it was just sort of like a bigger canvas to have take a deeper dive into character and story and spend four sentences on the description of a couch, you know, and mm -hmm. not that I did that, but like just having that freedom to sort of explore a little more. And um, 
you know, it, they're both challenging in their own ways because writing a novel is obviously triple the amount of uh, pages. And so when I was done writing the novel, I wanted to go back immediately to writing a screenplay. And then when I was done with my new screenplay, I wanted to go back to writing a novel. So it's, I found juggling both really fun because they're two totally different, um, you know, skills in a way, but having the screenplay sort of structure and knowledge of all that kind of helps mm -hmm. with the novel and, and where the story ends up. So they really kind of feed into each other. Yeah. So now is this book going to possibly be turned into a movie? Oh, I hope. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, there was, there's been a little interest and we have had to take a pause because of the current writer's strike. The writer's guild is on strike right now. So mm. we can't talk about it at all, but oh. uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, it, it could be a movie. It could be a TV show. I feel like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Max on, you know, just seeing the character and, and like what he's like and, and seeing it on the screen would be amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Me too. So now I, as I read the book, I also noticed that there's an excerpt for your next book. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. The next book is another romantic comedy and it's about a couple, a uh, gay couple living in Brooklyn and they're kind of having some issues and going through some trouble and they decide to take a road trip from New York to California. And eventually when they get to California, their first baby is being born via surrogacy. Um, so they're taking the road trip kind of as a baby moon slash therapy session uh, getaway and lots of stuff happens along the way. And that'll come out uh, hopefully in like a year from now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one of my other questions was, ooh, are you going to continue writing novels since this is your, Best Man is your first novel. So so this is great. I'm excited to to read the next one. Oh, good. Yeah. Hopefully I will continue, yeah, both writing novels and screenplays. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have an author, uh, a particular author that's influenced your writing? Um, weird. I mean, it changes through the years, I guess, weirdly, Dave Eggers has always been up there for me. Um, I don't necessarily write the kind of stories or genres even that he's, mm -hmm. but I just love his creativity and he kind of finds the humor even in the most dramatic stories. And he, he breaks genres too. Like, I, um, I read his memoir, which is kind of like a memoir-ish, and it kind of like, it's super creative. If anyone hasn't read it, it's called The Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, and it's it really kind of breaks the mold of what a memoir could be, and so that's always sort of stuck with me. I love having humor in a lot of things, even when there's drama, and kind of hopefully trying to break the mold. And then people like Nick Hornby, great rom-com, mm -hmm. early rom-com writer, and Tom Perota is a great influence of mine. Um, yeah, it's almost like whatever I'm reading at the moment, I'm kind of like, Ooh, this is good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you didn't, did you, so did you start off planning to write a rom-com, I guess, uh, or like, is that the genre you're, you're most comfortable with? Not necessarily. I mean, comedy, I come from a sort of comedy world. So that's mm -hmm. always the basis, whether it's a 
rom-com or a dramedy, but I didn't necessarily start off with this saying I wanted to write a rom-com. It was more of like, I usually approach things from a character and character defines the story and the plot and the genre for me. So I knew that Max with sort of the gay best friend and the wedding idea, I was like, oh, it's, I guess it's a rom-com. There's going to be a wedding eventually. So, um, <laughs> but I wanted to have it, you know, in a lot of rom-coms, you don't necessarily explore their their jobs and you know it's all about the romance which is great but i wanted to have sort of the balance of like his personal life his love life and his, his work life um so those are kind of the most satisfying rom-coms for me and at the end of it i was like oh yeah this is a rom-com makes sense yeah. all right so last question uh we always ask our authors is what are you reading or what do you recommend we read Oh, well, I just read uh, Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Kohler Croft, which is her debut novel. And it's this great um, sort of thriller-ish, but I thought it was just hilariously funny send up of like uh, the 1% of the 1% of New York social um, social life. And it's a, the main character is told through her voice. She's like a con woman who kind of infiltrates her way through new york high society and it's mm -hmm. it keeps you on the edge of your seat and it's also i just thought was hysterical um and then i just read that and then i'm in the middle of reading a thriller called the writing retreat oh, yeah. arts and it it's sort of I'm not sure what's going to happen but it's six women go upstate new york to like a fancy author's um you know fancy house for like a writing retreat where they get these assignments and then I just started the part where it gets spooky and possibly supernatural I'm not sure what's going to happen but it's yeah. really like a, a nice little mystery thriller that's fun yeah two great recommendations they're both on my list to to read so I've uh so I'm looking forward to that yeah the writing retreat's been on there and I've uh, I even checked it out and then couldn't get to it and had to return it <laughs> My to-be-read list is piling up as we speak, like anyone's, but there's a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, Best Men is available right here at the Kirkwood Library or wherever funny, hilarious rom-coms are sold. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you are doing the Summer Reading Challenge, the code word for the podcast challenge is community. One more time, the code word is community. Stay tuned next week when we have award-winning author Riley Sager, and we'll be talking about his new spooky novel, The Only One Left. Until next time.